This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So let's jump right into it. Uh, I'm going to read from the story, which you can consume, New York Times, Pioneer Press. Erica Lopez Prater, an adjunct professor at Hamlin. She knew that many Muslims have deeply held religious beliefs that prohibits depictions of the Prophet Muhammad. So last summer, as she's teaching a global arts art history class, excuse me, she took many per- precautions before showing a 14th century painting of Islam's founder in the syllabus. She warned that images of holy figures, including Muhammad, would be shown in the course. She asked students to contact her with any concerns, and, according to her, she said no one did. In class, she prepped the students, telling them that in just a few minutes, the painting would be displayed in case anyone wanted to leave. She then showed the image. After she showed the image, a senior in class complained to the administration. Other Muslim students, not in the course, supported the student, saying the class was an attack on their religion. They demanded that officials take action. So officials told Lopez Prater that her services next semester were no longer needed. In emails to students and faculty, They said the incident was clearly Islamophobic. The president of Hamlin, Fanice Miller, co-signed an email that said respect for Muslim students should have superseded academic freedom and at a town hall, we'll get to this, an invited Muslim speaker compared showing the images to teaching that Adolf Hitler was good. Let's bring in our guest on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Mark Berkson, he is a religious professor at Hamlin, and at this town hall, he did raise his hand. I want to get to your quote in just a little bit, Mark, but thanks for coming on. When did you first hear about the story, and what was your initial reaction? Well, first we received an email uh, from the what's called the Office of Inclusive Excellence, led by David Everett, who's a vice president of Inclusive Excellence. And this email said that an undeniably Islamophobic and disrespectful incident had occurred on campus and that they were going to take steps to address it. Well, when I first saw that email, I assumed 
something like, you know, a terrible uh, insult had been hurled at, at a Muslim student or something had been written on, a, on the wall, something like that. Then I heard that this happened because a professor showed an Islamic painting that was painted by Muslims for Muslims. Yes. And very a respectful portrayal that's shown to honor the prophet. Um, and these are common. Yeah. Can I just jump in on are, this? It's sure, not please. mocking the prophet in any way. This isn't cartoonish. This isn't a caricature. This is a highly respected portrait. Absolutely. So throughout the history of Islam, uh, there have been many uh, images of the Prophet Muhammad in a wide range of cultural contexts. And there have been legal opinions issued by uh, Muslim scholars and jurists saying that such images are permissible as long as they are respectful. And so obviously something that is a caricature or insulting or disrespectful, that would not be permissible. Um, and if, uh, these images are not to be used for worship, right? They, they, that's really important because one of the things Muhammad repeatedly said was that God alone is worthy of worship. He himself was not the object of worship. But he is an object of great honor and great respect and devotion. So these images have been used for centuries and in many parts of the Muslim world are still used today. And so when I saw that this was labeled Islamophobic, that's when I said, okay, clearly they must be mixing this up with like, you know, the the Charlie Hebdo cartoons or something that was was offensive. So I wrote my letter to clarify that, to give historical context and to defend my colleague who as a vulnerable adjunct professor was devastated to be labeled Islamophobic. That's a, a label that, you know, early on in your career could have an impact, right, on, on future job opportunities. Certainly. So I wanted yep. to set the record straight, and I sent that letter in, but unfortunately, a couple of students complained, I think, and the letter was taken down. Um, so that's how this whole thing began. Uh, and then, of course, there was that community forum that you talked about, which we can uh, get into if you're interested. Yeah, we will. Just let, hold on. We'll get to in a second. So in a December interview with the school newspaper, again, this is Hamlet, the yeah. student who complained to the administration, and I and I, I certainly hope I'm pronouncing the name. I'm trying to. Aram Wetatala. She described being blindsided by the, uh, the image. I'm like, this can't be real. As a Muslim and a black person, I don't feel like I belong. And I don't think I'll ever belong in a community where they don't value me as a member and they don't show me the same respect that I show them. So just to remind the audience, in the syllabus, it stated clearly, the photo was going to be shown right before the class, just minutes before, I'm going to show this to you. I have a tough time for me, just to my view of how I would interpret this, when when the individual student says blindsided, you may disagree with the decision, but I don't know how you can be blindsided if you're told repeatedly. And it made me think, could this be an individual who's faced significant, significant other issues of Islamophobia, which sadly happen, whether individually to family members, to friends on campus, and is affixing 
those sincere beliefs to something here when I think a lot of us don't think it applies. You know, I'm very glad that you made this point, that this incident did not happen in a vacuum. Um, I want people to keep in mind that Muslim students and students of color on campus, they have truly faced Islamophobic incidents, uh, incidents of discrimination, uh, hate speech. I mean, I think everybody should be aware now that there's been mosque vandalism occurring in Minnesota and across the country. This is a real phenomenon. And uh, students often don't feel fully included and safe. So unfortunately, the episode that seemed to have been the straw that broke the camel's back on this one was not an episode of Islamophobia, in my opinion, and I think the opinion of many other organizations and Muslims. Um, But some some breakdown occurred. I do not know why, after all the warnings and everything, she still saw them. Uh, That has never been fully clarified. But let's just say it happened. It was unfortunate, but it happened despite the professor's best efforts. And the student was genuinely distressed. Of course, at that point, when a religious prohibition has been violated, you care for the student, you support them, you help them through it. She was genuinely upset. I get that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, we are not just there to care for and support the students. That is one of our jobs. We're there to educate them. And this was an opportunity Absolutely. To, say, I'm, to say, I'm sorry that you're upset, however, Let me tell you a bit about these images and their role in the history of Islam, Uh, because for me, there should not be a choice between educating and caring. It's not an either or. And you can even see education as a form of care. But, you know, we respect our students enough to even educate them on uncomfortable issues for them. And that's how growth happens. That's what a liberal arts education is about. Precisely. I mean, you couldn't have stated it any better. Mark Berkson is with us, religious professor to Hamlin. Let's get to this uh, forum, which took place uh, a month ago, December 8th, to discuss this. Main speaker, Jaylani Hussein. I've talked to Jaylani on the air a number of times, okay? Executive director of the Minnesota Chapter of Council on American-Islamic Relations. Part of what Jelani said at one point is, if this institution wants to value those students, he's talking about Muslim students, it cannot have incidents like this happens. If somebody wants to teach some controversial stuff about Islam, go teach it at a local library. And then, as the story is reported, that's a point where you raised your hand and said, when you say, trust Muslims on Islamophobia, what does one do? when the Islamic community itself is divided on an issue. Because there are many Muslim scholars and experts and art historians who do not believe this was Islamophobic. Jelani Hussein then responded that there were marginal and extremist voices on any issue. In fact, he said, you can teach a whole class about why Hitler was good. Uh, I will call out anyone and all who try to make comparisons to Hitler and again, I don't agree with this comparison. So what did you think about what uh, Jelani had to say and why you decided to offer up the words you did? Yeah, that was a very unfortunate and upsetting incident. Um, I just wanted to, I have heard Jelani Hussein speak in the past about Islamophobia. I think care does a lot of very important work. 
uh, advocating I do all, for, I, I'm with you. Yeah, they advocate for and support Muslims. The thing is, CARES work, in my opinion, uh, it, it is most effective when they are defending Muslims against harassment, discrimination, and attacks, and not making theological pronouncements that establish some kind of Islamic orthodoxy and imposing that on everyone. Because the problem is, the moment you say that, you actually exclude all the Muslims with a different viewpoint. You know, here he is saying that, oh, yes, this is horrible. It's like the the awful things he said about Hitler. And he said other awful things, too. Um, Very inflammatory, uh, completely unnecessary and and not to the point. Um, So can you can you uh, could you add a little bit more to that? What what he said? Well, you know, one of the this is, uh, you know, something he said, I I, it was awful. But he said that it, it was like equivalent to showing pedophilia art. You know, I mean, he just was trying to say that how awful and blasphemous he felt it was to show any image of Muhammad at all. And I say to myself, look, if that's your opinion, OK, I get it. Don't look at the images yourself uh, and, and don't make them. And, and I respect that. That's fine. But, you know, you cannot impose your prohibition on everyone else, including all other Muslims, many of whom disagree with you. But then everyone, even who's non-Muslim, because I, I went up to him, actually, and I, and I wanted to clarify to make sure I understood. I said, so the problem isn't that a Muslim student saw the image and was upset. That was not the whole problem. The problem is you're saying that the image was shown at all in any classroom, even if there are no students who object, even if there are no uh, Muslims in the room, that you're saying these images can never be seen. And that would lead to the erasure of an entire genre of Islamic art, including things that are masterpieces hanging in museums around the world. Uh, So that was so disturbing to me. So, yes, uh, but the initial impulse when I raised my hand was simply to say, listen, you at CARE do wonderful work on on Islamophobia. And you in your presentation mentioned hate speech and mosque vandalism and violence. But how can you think that what a professor is doing in a classroom, teaching an Islamic masterpiece painted by Muslims for other Muslims after having given multiple warnings, allowing students to opt out, how can you think that's equivalent to all of those terrible uh, Islamophobic incidents? That's the, I don't, that's I don't think it's close. Yeah, I, I agree. He, he basically said, well, I read your editorial and we don't need another one of your editorials here it was very dismissive and then i asked that follow-up statement about um i asked what do you do when the muslim community is uh divided you're privileging certain voices over others uh, that's what he kind of went off on that very intense and inflammatory series of statements and in addition to that uh, david everett the vice president of inclusive excellence walked over to my seat from where he was at the front of the room and uh, he put his hands on my shoulder and leaned down and told me to stop asking questions. He, that this is not the place really? for this. Yeah, and I thought, well, why? Why wouldn't not? it be the place for this? Well, it seemed precisely the place for. Uh, so it's, it was billed as a community conversation on Islamophobia. So I assumed that that was what we were going to do was to talk about was this really Islamophobia? But no, I think in their minds what this was supposed to be. I didn't realize it. This was supposed to be, let's all come together and support the students, because after the speaker, there was a student panel, 
in which the students talked about these terrible incidents that had happened to them, examples of hate speech and harassment. And it was very emotional. And of course, and and like we both said, all legit and, and no one is trying to downplay those in any way. Absolutely. So um, I, they felt, I guess, that my asking this question somehow, just by, by merely raising this issue and disagreeing, that it was harmful to the students. That anything short of just supporting them, saying, I'm so sorry, this is terrible, uh, that anything short of that. But, you know, in the entire conversation about harm, and I do care when any student experiences suffering or distress, but we were neglecting the fact that our colleague, a vulnerable adjunct professor, has experienced demonstrable harm by having a class taken away, having this label put upon them. And now, of course, you know, she's just worried about her future. So uh, that really drove me to want to bring, you know, that side of the, the conversation into the room. But uh, Mark, it I got, just seemed yeah, like, I, yeah. I'm glad you did. I wish I could go longer because it's such an interesting topic, but I've got a, a break coming up. Thank you so much for coming on. We will definitely reach out to you again, and we'll, we'll see if the story takes another twist or turn. So, again, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mark Berkson, religion professor to Hamlin, about the Hamlin professor, adjunct professor fired, the reason why, the notification on the syllabus, the telling right before of the photo of Prophet Muhammad, and even with those warnings, still not brought, still not brought back. Plenty of text on this. We're going to wrap up the show when we come back. Jason, I'm sure he'll get to this before the day is done. He's going to take you home 3 to 6. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.